Welcome to Imperfect Action. This is Brock Edwards, and today I have Brad Owens. This has been an interview about four months in the making. Brad, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for keeping after me. Glad I'm able to finally get on the show. Uh, so, Brad Owens, I have a history of recruiting, which is how Brock and I kind of align there. Um, but after 10 years doing that, I just kind of noticed that I needed to do something different. So I've been doing something different for almost two years now. Um, and in that two years, I think more has happened in my life than the previous 10. So, uh, yeah, here I am ready to, to talk, share some stories and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you bet. So, all right. So 10 years, things are going smooth. Two years ago, um, I may be over dramatizing things, but you, you blow up your life, you do something different. So what did what did you change after a decade? Why why change? What what happened there? Uh, blow up life. That's not a lie. Uh, that's that's pretty accurate. So uh, I had been recruiting externally for Fortune 500 companies. I've been doing a very very narrow niche. Um, if anyone knows about it, it's called IT audit. I've yet to find someone that knows what IT audit is. So I'm recruiting for this thing thanks to Enron. Every public company needs to have one. And there's only about four or five people in the country that recruit for this thing. So it's very repetitive. It gets to be just a system. You just implement it. Things happen. And uh, you, know, you just do it over and over again. And after about eight or nine years of doing this, I'm like, all right, I get it. But the challenge is gone. It's not fun anymore. You know, let's try and figure out what's going on. And Something once I got outside of actually doing the job and just kind of paid attention to the whys about the job, I started realizing that no matter how well I'd recruit for a company, if they were a terrible company to work for or they didn't have a really good story or there wasn't something there that excited a candidate, I couldn't get someone in the door to interview. It just wouldn't happen. So I started getting obsessed with, OK, the, what are these companies that have a good story that are good places to work? What are they doing? So just on my own, I started just, I wonder if this CEO would talk to me. So I reached out and I had about a half hour conversation talking to him about culture and about building things up. And I went, oh, wait, there's something here. I can make a podcast out of this. So just on a whim, I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast. So the Small Business Hiring Podcast was born. So I did about 100 episodes of that. And then I started realizing, wait, I've got a lot of knowledge here. I could probably apply this somewhere. So after 10 years in a comfortable job that set up my family for how it was uh, running, I went, mm, I'm going to do something else and I'm going to do it on my own. We could do it. <laughs> and I uh, just started up my own consulting agency. We, I started helping companies learn how to hire, learn how to create a better culture. And it wasn't uh, very long after doing that that I realized I don't like being the guy that hands things off to people and just says good luck and walks away. I want to be in there doing it. And that's not how I really set up the business. So I just had told myself that the only way I would ever make a move to a company was one that was in a little bit of turmoil, was ripe for change, was ready for some new direction. Um, and I had got down off the stage of a speaking gig and was met by someone at the foot of the stairs that said, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. Right here in your back door, there's a company that needs that. They're public traded. They need all this stuff. You'd be perfect for it. Let me set you up an interview. And two weeks later, I was sitting in the interview room, literally vibrating, not because I had too much coffee, but because I was very excited about this opportunity. I went, this is perfect. This is exactly it. I can't believe it. I'm here. And now here I am. So yeah, it's been quite a journey and um, I wouldn't change anything, but it's all because I just decided at one point, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. So here I am. Well, that's a that can be a challenging conversation with with your spouse or significant other there when you say, you know, I've got this steady gig for a decade. It pays the bills. We built up a, a lifestyle around it. And 
I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. You can imagine how that conversation went. I, I've had those conversations. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, what was the what was the convincing factor? What 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 was the point where your family was like, yeah, okay, let's go try this? So to my wife's credit, um, it is at the point that I think I just wore her out from talking about the idea. <laughs> I just kept saying I could do this. I could try this. And here's a huge backstory for you that no one knows about except the people who are listening to this episode. Um, I, when I was in college, I was a DJ. I just did like these little frat parties, these little bars here and there. And I had a lot of fun with it, but it was just to be in college and be at the parties and not be the person that's the troublemaker. It's the person who's just kind of at the party. So I was doing that, had a lot of fun with it, and then just let it go, sold all my stuff, said whatever. So I met my wife and we got married and then we were out at a New Year's party and I was like, oh my gosh, I could do such a better job. This is just ridiculous. I I want a better party than this. And my wife just looks at me and says, so do it. And I went, oh, all right, let's let's do it. (laughs) So I just went ahead and did it and I was a DJ on the side for like three or four years and loved it and it was fun. And then we were thinking about having kids and I probably couldn't work nights and weekends. So I went and forget it. So it stopped doing DJing. And then the same sort of conversation happened around this. I was having these conversations with CEOs and I was like, man, this is so cool. The stuff that they're talking about doing for companies is not that hard. They just need to try one or two things and they'd be so much better off. And she said, so do it. Well, I never really thought about it that way. Sure, why not? I just started doing the business. It really didn't take much more than that. And yes, she has a super stable job. Yes, she has the health insurance. Yes, our kids are, at that point, they were three and one. So the hard part was really behind us of having infants and that you have to care for 24-7. So it, it was a better time to do it. But it really just came down to just just try, just do it. Why not? love that you know that just the the so do it spirit uh so what what learning did you take from that so you did it you were successful at it uh you you, you've you've since transitioned to other things but you know that that initial transition from the steady job to the i'm going to be a consultant i'll speak i'll do a podcast i'll do stuff um what, what were some of the big lessons or what advice would you get to give to someone else who's like, yeah, my job's gotten kind of stale and I think there's more out there for me. So I'm going to go start, you know, X, whatever it is. So it's it's perfect that we're doing this now and I can tell everyone how we ended up doing this podcast uh, in a second. But it's just don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. You're going to want to design this thing for years. You're going to want to make sure that you've got the right bank account in place, that you've got the right uh, liability insurance in place, that you've got the right client already lined up. You're going to want to make sure that this is all absolutely perfect. Even if you do all of that, it's still not going to go the way you planned. It's just not. Something will come up. A direction will change. I didn't think I'd be doing the current job I'm doing three years ago. Something will happen that you're not expecting. Something will happen that you didn't plan for. So what? Have the courage to be able to say, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do one little thing and we'll see what snowballs after that. And that's exactly what I did. When I was, uh, I went to one small business meeting. I found a local small business group that was just meeting at a grocery store on a Monday uh, because they could do that because they run their own business. And so I said, all right, I'm just going to go. I'm going to sit in on it and I'm going to just listen. I'm going to see what they need. And we were going around the room introducing ourselves. And I said, well, here's what I do. Here's what I specialize in. And at the end of that meeting, every single person came up to me and said, oh my gosh, we got to talk. Oh my gosh, this. Oh my gosh, you'd be able to help me so much. And I was talking about 
how to make a job posting. I said, hey, you know, put your job out on Indeed. And I had so many people asking me, what's Indeed? And, you know, Brock, you and I, to someone saying, what's Indeed? You're like, oh, my gosh, you guys, you, you, you can learn so much. And I was just able to impact so many people just in that one little time. I was able to pay attention to the sign and go, OK, I can at least start there. Let's at least do something. So I, I just had started paying attention to the signs and just went with it. Just tried one little thing. And I don't know if this is an aside or not, but that's really interesting to me that, you know, because I think all of us, most of us, some of us fall into the trap of thinking, you know, I just don't know enough. I'm not enough of an expert to be able to go be a consultant or, or help another business. And yet, you know, it what you're talking about, like Indeed, like every job seeker knows what Indeed is because you trip across jobs on Indeed as soon as you type <laughs> whatever you're looking for into Google. Right. A- and, you know, but the business owners who aren't looking for jobs uh, wouldn't know about this really, really simple, basic, practical thing that I would have never thought to tell anyone about. Like, mm-hmm. of course they know, uh, but they don't. And, and that just the idea that you're your very practical knowledge, you know, that didn't take being the world's best recruiter to say, hey, Indeed's a good place to start. Right. And anyway, I, I think we often get in our own way just thinking, I don't know enough. It's not perfect enough. Just what you were saying there. Um, and yet it might be simpler than we think it is. Right. Exactly. And let's throw the story of how I ended up getting on the podcast in here just for real quick for people's reference. So uh, it's titled Imperfect Imperfect Action, right? So I didn't take that to heart. And here's what I did. Uh, When Brock originally reached out to me, I had just taken this new job. I knew it was lined up. I had about two weeks before I was starting that I had to wrap up all my old consulting gigs, get this thing lined up. And I went, all right, it's just, I'd love to do it, Brock. It's just not the time. Let's push it out till then. And then Brock reaches back out and it's at the point that I just started the new job and it was an hour five commute one way to get there. And I went, this is not working. We've got to find a new house closer. My poor wife had been doing that commute for like six years. It just took me actually doing it for a week to realize that she is a saint and I should probably move us closer. Uh, So we started looking for a house and I was like, Brock, I'm really sorry. We need to get a new house. We're on this big house hunt and then we've got to pack and move. On top of that, we got a five and a three-year-old. This is just, this is ridiculous. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. So uh, we had a podcast scheduled to record probably what, three weeks from now, like three weeks from now, not even right now, like three weeks later than now. And Brock says, Hey, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to reschedule. So I looked at his scheduling link of when we're going to be able to do this. And I went, he's got this Saturday open. Just do it, Brad. Just do it. Just get on. Let's try it. Let's go for it. So for you guys can't see me, but if you could, I'm literally in my basement. My kids are eight feet above me. My dog's probably in the next room waiting to bark at something. I've got all of my kids art supplies surrounding me because I'm in their art space, but I'm doing it right. It doesn't take perfection to do it. It just takes it, it needed to click in my head that I don't have to have my old sound studio that I used to record my old podcast in. I don't have to have the kids out of the house. I don't have to have an hour and a half set aside for a half hour conversation. I just have to try and do it. Just do it. Like I kept letting the perfect be the enemy of a good podcast recording, a good conversation. So here I am. Like Again, it doesn't take much. Just try one little thing. Just get out of your own way. It'll work. It's okay. Well, you know, and, and that idea, don't let perfect be the enemy of good you know, where do you see that as balancing against the idea that that good enough isn't, you know, that if we're, 
we don't want to throw half-hearted things out into the world. You know, we want to do good quality stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet there, there becomes this line where it does become the focus on perfection or it starts getting in our way. And what helps you figure out where that line is for you? Oh gosh, what's that? You might know of this book. You might not. Uh, it's the one that coined the MVP, the minimum viable product. Um, I can't think of the name of that book right now. Uh, anyway, so it, there's a book out there. If you guys just search the MVP book, it should come up. Read that one first. But um, the line of perfect versus good enough, the only person defining that line is you. And just the same way that you and I can come to realize that, oh, yeah, we do have some value that we can offer people. We're just not asking the right questions to understand what we can give. The even good from your standpoint is going to be perfect for someone out there. I mean, people who make these super viral videos or the super viral posts or whatever, uh, they don't know what's going to be perfect. They might not. They might put out there like we were talking about. They might put out their most perfect um, taking them five hours to make um, perfect little blog post and no one reads it. But they, what did you say? You said you pounded out on the uh, Uber ride to the airport and it goes viral. Uh, you never know. It's putting things out there into the universe that you're at least okay with having people see. Um, it, it might even be an embarrassing thing that you put out there, but it's going to resonate with someone and you're not going to know what that thing is that resonates unless you start just putting things out there. You, you really just have to start. You know, one of the, the, the people that inspired me to, to start a podcast, one of the things he said about his own was that, you know, if, if later on you don't look back at your first episodes and aren't totally embarrassed by them, you waited too long to get started. Oh, I completely agree. Oh, my goodness. Agree. That, um, you know, you'll, you'll just never get to that point where you know it. You know, I'm echoing what you were just saying, where you will know enough to be able to just get rolling. Right. Um, Anyway, why is that so important for you, though, Brad? So you, you've mentioned this a couple of times. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. So I all credit to my wife. She's the one who, who implanted that in my brain and has to remind me of it all the time. Um, you know, I just think that you're going to miss out on a whole bunch if you don't just try something. Just do a little bit of something. I mean, here's that's my theme of 2019, and it's why I wanted to just schedule this podcast when I did and just try it because I had been doing all of this new business work, I'd been doing all this consulting work, and I had just been hustle, 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 just get anything, get any little morsel, just do something, make host so many sales calls a day, that kind of thing. And I had gotten this job and I'd kind of taken that step back of, okay, now I can actually let some things calm down a little bit. I can actually get you know my mind wrapped around being a dad and all this kind of stuff. And um, for 2019, I was like, wait, I've got to get some sort of spark back. I've got to make sure that I'm at least doing something and I'll apply it to uh, what's everyone's New Year's resolution. Lose weight, get fit. Uh, you don't have to go out and run 5K your first time out. You can go walk the block. You're still lapping people that are on the couch. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go sign up for an Ironman two years from now. You can go out and ride your bike to the park that's a quarter mile away or whatever. It's just little things add up, and it's it's just like investing, right? It's just little things over time create huge amounts. And it doesn't have to be one great, huge gesture um, that makes your significant other fall in love with you. It's all the little things you do on a daily basis. So uh, to me, if I start letting things build up in my mind as, 
oh, well, this isn't ready to go out yet because it's got this one audio blip two minutes in and I can't get it to go away. We're going to have to record the whole thing. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. No one cares as much as you do. It's not as big of a deal to anyone but you. Uh, you just, you got to get out of your own way. You, you really do and, and get outside your head and ask as many people around you as you can about their opinions because they're going to tell you good things. They're going to make you feel better about it. You can't, can't do all this stuff in a vacuum. And for me, uh, coming from, you asked, getting all the way back to your actual question of why it's important to me. Uh, I spent 10 years working from home with my dog as my only coworker. I had um, you know, anxiety popping up. I had depression popping up. I had you know, almost this agoraphobia of, well, in here is my comfort zone. I have built my life around this job where I work from home on my own, where you know, I, I wasn't going out with as many friends anymore because I didn't have time to make them. I was working on my own. I had no real contact and my wife was having to push me to get out the door to go see friends or make friends or whatever. And, you know, you get really stuck in these ruts. So for me, why it's so important to just get out and start is that changed my life quite literally. I mean, I am in such a better place now. My family's in such a better place now. I'm living in a better location. My wife's happier because she's closer to work. My kids are happier because they're in better schools. And it was all just because I just tried. I just took that first step of, I'm just going to go to this small business meeting and see if people need what I'm going to try and put together. And it's just that first step. The first step is, it from in my case, truly the hardest thing to do. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I think we, I think we often get stuck kind of on this uh, threefold thing where one, no one wants to be the newbie. Like we just don't want to be the, you know, the, the new guy, the new girl who's doing really obvious things wrong. And, you know, in fact, there, there's some, you know, scorn in some circles about, you know, there, there, there's uh, jokes about the newbies and hmm. noob. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and, and but uh, you know, on the flip side of that, if we watch movies, we we know that we're supposed to either be, you know, this natural at it, what whatever it is we're do this, you know, this undiscovered natural, or we can learn everything we need to know in about a three minute montage with an upbeat song in the background. Sure. And uh, you know, it's easy. Or you know, if we're going to bother doing it, uh, you know, we we need to be like Grant Cardone or, or Gary Vee. You know, if we can't play at that level on day one, you know, why even bother trying? And at least that's what I feel like a lot of the messages that, that I see out there on, on social media and, you know, with, within the regular media. Um, and, and it feels like that just kind of all conspires. You know, hey, I can't be the world's greatest on day one. So, man, why bother trying? Well, how did you get outside of that and start this? I mean, what was your reasoning behind it for saying, all right, I'm just going to try? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I because I fight that just like you, you know the, the, right. the, the idea, and and in fact, so a little known secret here: the the name of the podcast itself, Imperfect Action. Uh, while while it's an ethos that that I love, and I love talk, talking to people who do get out there and take that action and get beyond their comfort zone. Uh, you know, it's a reminder to me to not get bogged down in my own way. You know, just what you're talking about. Oh, do I need to edit the audio again? Yeah, it, it, it's probably good enough to release right now. Most people are listening to this like in their car, you know, with the kids in the background and road noise and all that. You know, no one's going to hear that nuance. <laughs> um, so so anyway, um, yeah, so what you may have already answered this for me, Brad, but I, I guess I'm just keep kind of pushing down on the how can people do that? 
you, you know, because you you know that feeling like, no, you know, your wife's telling you to get up and go do something. You're like, yeah, I've got other stuff to do right now. I've got this excuse. I, I don't that doesn't sound good. How do you take that first step? Uh, you know, I, I have this conversation with my um, immediate family, um, or I at least have just started wrapping up conversations like this with my immediate family, because, um, you know, if we, if we all took a step outside of our head, talking about my immediate family, uh, we had a lot of anxiety in my family. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety going on. Um, if we just, we look at all the little signs all together and I really don't know what it was that clicked over in my head to make me realize that, oh, wait, dude, uh, you got something else going on here that's stopping you from doing this. You're you're making excuses over things that aren't really excuses. No, it's the middle of February. You don't need to go power wash the driveway to avoid trying to go out and make friends. Like something else is going on here. What's up? And I really, I wish I knew what that little click was. And you know, I keep coming back to it. Credit to my wife again. She, we had this really deep, I remember this. This is very deep in my head right now. And it's a very vivid memory of sitting on the couch. And she just asked me why like a million times. And I got down to the point where I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know why that is. And it took that conversation for me to really truly see, well, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what's holding me back. What's going on? And I went to go talk to someone and I sat down in um, this psychiatrist's office and she was like, she asked me the exact same questions of why, 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 why? And we just got down to it. I said, I don't know the answer. And it's freaking me out. I really don't know why. And she said, well, that's called anxiety. That's called this. You, your brain's just not letting you do this and get over to this other side. And you know, it's for some reason that click of, oh, well, there's really not a thing. I'm actually the only one staying in my own way. It changed it all. And it was just two, like maybe total of an hour conversation that allowed me to get outside my head and actually start looking at my decision making instead of just making it. As soon as I was able to get outside and actually look at, oh, here's why I'm making those decisions or what's actually behind this, not the actual decision I'm making, but what's actually behind why do I want to go power wash the driveway in the middle of February? Makes no sense, dude. You're in a climate where it's 20 degrees outside. It's not going to work. Uh, but why was that my excuse? And if I keep asking myself the why, the why, the why, the why, the why, it got all down to, well, I was just scared. Mm. So everyone's scared. Like you're only scared up until the point that you do it. Once you do it, it's no longer scary. You're only scared until you walk on the stage to make that first presentation. While you're making it, you're if you've practiced enough, you're sitting there just talking to everyone in the audience about this thing that you know a whole lot about. It's really not that big of a deal. And afterwards, you feel super great. So there's all, um, gosh, Will Smith had that huge, amazing video that went super, super viral of him jumping out of the plane. It's only scary up until the point you jump. After you jump, it's amazing. So there's always really good things at the end of that being scared. So anytime where I'm now getting super scared about something or feeling like I'm, oh gosh, that's going to be really scary to try and do that. Or I'm in this new organization. Oh man, it's, I don't know if I bring this idea to them, are they going to like it? Or are they not like, well, you won't know until you actually do it. And then on the other side of that, there's normally really good things. So it was just pushing myself past that point of being scared to just doing. And then at the other side of doing, there was a lot of fun. So now I just, I got to stop getting in my own way and allow myself to do stuff because it's more fun at the end of that. Well, you know, before we started recording, you had mentioned that, you know, uh, impact is important to you. 
ex- extending your impact. So in 2019, what do you anticipate that looks like? Knowing, I mean, as we started this conversation, you said, you know, stuff changes. You know, <laughs> It's not going to go the way you planned. But, you know, what do you anticipate that's going to look like for you this year? My impact? Uh, yeah. How are you going to extend it? Um. You know, right now, because of where I'm at in my job, I'm only 90 days into this brand new job. And because I'm where I'm at, uh, my impact is really only felt in the two or three or four people that share the cube spaces outside my office. And that's really the only people that know me, that know what I'm capable of, that know what I'm able to do. Uh, but yet we've got a brand new company, a brand new brand of our company uh, that's been around for many, many years. And we're on this new journey trying to do things in the marketplace that no one else has done before. And I feel like if I really want to have my impact felt at work, I'm going to need to get outside the cubes. It's the exact same thing that I was up against when I needed to get outside of my office and go to a small business meeting. I'm in a company of so many hundreds of people that know nothing about me. And all I have to do is go ask them a question of what do you need? Give it to them. And I'm changing their lives. Like, I'm able to at least work with this business and, and change the business. That's how my impact's going to be felt there. And then with my family, I feel like that's an even more important thing. Um, trying to make sure that the time that I'm spending here, I'm spending here. Um, and keeping all my technology in other kinds of rooms, I want to make sure that my impact's felt with them. My impact of my presence, just being there for the kids, just hanging out, reading a book. That's all. It's all they want. They want me to sit down in our comfy chair, read them a book. That's going to change their life. They're going to remember that kind of stuff. And then for other people out there, I'm so glad that you gave me the opportunity to do this and get on the show uh, because asking yourself those questions of what's holding you back, what's holding you back, what's holding you back, why, 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 and drill down until you don't have an answer. That for me clicked over my brain to to show myself that, look, dude, you just have to try something. You don't have a reason anymore. There's no excuse left because you can't answer why to this. Just try some little thing. So you know, for you giving me the opportunity to share that story with people and try and say, hopefully one or two people will click over and just say, well, tomorrow I'm just going to try a little thing. I'm literally just going to dip my toe in the water. And you'll realize that after you do that, there's better things at the other side of that. It's only scary looking at it. Uh, that one thing that you're thinking about doing that you're like, oh man, I wish I had time for that. You do. Just try one little thing. You don't have to set aside time to build the entire uh, workbench that you're trying to build in your garage. But you can go out and you can figure out how to use your your miter saw or whatever it is that you're using. I mean, you can go try one little thing so that the next time it goes faster. Next time it's easier. Next time it's better. So um, extending my impact through work, extending my impact through the kids, and hopefully extending my impact to someone that I don't know. I want someone somewhere who I don't know, who doesn't know me to be able to say, man, that one time that I heard Brad talk about this thing, that helped a lot. And then I tried this thing. That'd make me feel really good. What haven't I asked you about, Brad, that that you were sitting there hoping that I would ask you? Oh, my goodness. Um, Why in the world there is a kid sized drum set in the background? No, I don't know. Um Geez, uh, I want to know from you um, the best thing that you feel like you did in your career right now, because you said you've been there four years doing this role. Yeah, so best thing I did in my career, you know, um, and this is early on, we're, we're talking 20 years ago in my career, I stumbled across a mentor 
who became my boss and worked with him for about four years. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life and my career. What part Uh, of that? You know, uh, several parts. One, he saw more in me than I saw in myself. Mm. So I would do work and come back and, you know, be thinking, hey, this is pretty good. And he would look at it and go, yeah, it's pretty good, but you can do better. And not, not said that directly, but, you know, that that spirit. And it wasn't like, oh, this is cruddy work, Brock. It was it was like, no, he believed in more for me than I believed in for myself at that time. And, you know, he was always pushing for better, but there was never blame with it when it didn't work out. Um, and it, it just pushed me way beyond what I was comfortable pushing in my own comfort zones. Um, but, but in a, in a very kind way. And, and he was also just a complete rock star in his field. Um, and just, you know, so learning from him, learning how he got, became successful and also just, um, you know, that I knew him, that I worked with him, opened doors that would not have been opened uh, otherwise, or they would have been much harder to open. Um, and, and so now that's hard advice to give to someone else like, hey, stumble into this amazing relationship that you have right. no idea how amazing it's going to be. <laughs> but, you know, it, it echoes what I've been talking about here. It's not exactly something that you did. It's a person that you knew and trusted in and who was pushing you and who said to try, who said to try something different. So you know, maybe there's something there that we're not paying enough attention to. It's the people we surround ourselves with. It's the encouragement we get. It's not necessarily us. I mean, the things that you did certainly led to the success that you've had in your career, but they wouldn't have happened had you not made that relationship. So maybe what we're coming out of all of these conversations with is have more conversations, talk to more people. Uh, yeah, very, very possible. You know, just as we're talking about this, you know, your wife's so do it. Um, you know, that comes to mind because that was at a time when I was, you know, graduating school and all of my peers, in fact, the school itself was pushing to go get that corporate job. Uh, and instead I chose to go work with him as a consultant and that was not the popular thing to do. You know, it's easy to go with the herd, uh, much harder to be the one guy going, yeah, I'm going to go do this other thing. Um, that's mm-hmm. to- totally not guaranteed. You know, they're going off to work for GE and a- at the time GE was just a complete powerhouse, you know, or Procter and Gamble and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be with this guy and, um, you know, work out of my house. Um, <laughs> definitely not the well-paved path. And yet that was one of those, you know, the, the, uh, uh, untrodden path is sometimes a dead end, but sometimes, man, that's just the shortcut to, uh, something that was way better than you could have guessed. Um, and I, I don't know how to tell those apart at the start other than, you know, kind of like we're saying, you know, Hey, so do it, just get out there and try it, have the conversation, explore, um, anyway, so, so Brad, you've turned this around on me. Now you've got me thinking and babbling and answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. It's the conversations, man. It, you never know what's going to come out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, how can people find you just as we wrap up this conversation today? Oh, I'm so many ridiculous places right now trying to keep on top of all this stuff. But where I can guarantee that everyone can find me is if you go to bradowens.info, 
That'll get you right to my LinkedIn page. Because of my job, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. If you send me a message, you're likely to get a response within like 30 seconds. Uh, so bradowens.info, you'll be able to find me. Um, and if I can ask a question of your listeners here, if I, if anything, any little bit of this resonated with you, any little bit, could you please go to that link and just send me something and say, hey, look, I resonated with this. I just want to know. I, I want to know that this had some sort of impact on somebody. So uh, if you're listening and you're like, hey, that, that kind of helped. I'm going to try this little thing. Just send me a little note, just a little something. That'll be a big help. Nice. And, and in fact, that was going to be my next question for you, Brad. So, you know, how can listeners help you? What what would your ask be of them? You've anticipated it. You've already got it out there. So I love that. Um, oh, perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Brad, this has been a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously these are things that I'm always thinking about. You know, it, it's it's not just like a one-off conversation of, well, how can I do this a little bit differently? But, I, you know, I'm always thinking about, always kind of processing, you know, what is that little tweak? How, how can I get out of my own way? Um, and so hopefully this resonated with, with the listeners as much as it resonated with me. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Brad. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for chasing me down. I'm glad we're able to do it.